here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin tonight on the Mark Levin Show. Great talking to you and great hearing from you, I hope, at 877-381-3811. Mark is out tonight observing the great Passover holiday. And let me be the first to wish everyone a great, wonderful Passover. All who are observing tonight as the sun begins to set in the West. It is the beginning of a very holy week. And I do love it when the uh, holy weeks collide like this and overlap almost exactly how it was in the biblical era where we Christians are celebrating a very holy week as well. Uh, this is great that Wednesday tonight we're celebrating Passover, tomorrow's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, of course, and then into the great Easter weekend. That's great. It, it gives us something all to focus on outside of American politics. Uh, it's, it's funny, my friend Ben Ferguson was uh, filling in uh, last week for Mark Levin when the news broke that, in fact, yes, Donald Trump would be indicted by Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. It was confirmed by Bragg's office after, again, an illegal leak. All these illegal leaks that rise to the same level of felony that the president was just indicted on, but those never even get investigated, let alone prosecuted. So Ben Ferguson is filling in the other night, and Mark calls in and gives his instant analysis. He's got Senator Cruz on. And I called Ben during his first break. And I and I, I had some choice words for him because <laughs> I was a little envious, a little envious of my pal Ben, because uh, it was a huge news day, of course, and uh, he was he was sitting in the chair. But I got to tell you, um, as excited as I am to talk with you and and deliver, you know, analysis within 24 hours of President Trump's speech in Mar-a-Lago yesterday and a breakdown of what everyone was saying and what we can agree upon in this country with regard to these ridiculous kangaroo court indictments. I got to say, as always, that I, I frankly am just as disappointed as you might be that you don't have the great one tonight. Uh, because I am a regular listener of his, of course, on the great WMAL in Washington, D.C., where I live and I broadcast the morning show every day. And I need me some Levin at times like this. But he also needs his uh, Passover observance, Lord knows. So uh, we're in this together tonight, and I do want to hear from you throughout the evening at 877-381-3811. This afternoon, as I was sort of prepping for the show, I went out for a run. I'm, I'm uh, training for a half marathon that I'm going to do in June. And as I was running, I was sort of collecting my thoughts about how I wanted to lay out today's show and what I wanted to discuss and the, the kind of uh, analysis that I think we all need right now in light of this unprecedented use of our legal system in this country as a political weapon and an improper and illegitimate political weapon. And I realized I, I'm hoping we'll have time for calls, but there's a lot of talk. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff here that needs to be laid out. And I, I try my best to do it without anger, without frustration, without uh, calls for a national divorce and things like that. I try every day to approach this job with as much positivity 
and and an upbeat attitude as possible. I want people to have hope in this country because if we lose hope in America, there's nothing left to have hope for on this earth. We then have to fall back on all of those Judeo-Christian faith-based ideas that I began the show with. And 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 I don't think it's time to lose hope in this country, but I got to tell you as I as I break down everything that's in front of us right now, the shimmering ray of light through these dark clouds is getting harder and harder to see. But I hope that's where you're going to come in. Because as I lay this out and we talk about the latest on these indictments and, and we try to put some contextual analysis on top of the abomination that occurred in this country just 24 hours ago, everyone is sort of having the same discussion right now. What do we do now? What's next? You've got some people saying, you know what? All right, here's what we need. What we need is a Republican DA in a Republican-dominated city to impanel a Republican-dominated grand jury and come up with a list of felony indictments against Joe Biden, against Nancy Pelosi, against Hillary Clinton. I got to go on and keep going. Against James Comey, against Andrew McCabe. Just keep going. I mean, the list is endless at this point. And that's what we need. If this is what they're doing, that's what we need to do. Is that the solution? Is that? Is it? 877-381-3811. Is that what needs to to happen? Or or is this where Congress steps in? All right, I've got some people saying, we've got the majority. Screw it. Impeach them all. Impeach Merrick Garland for the weaponization of the Justice Department. Impeach Mayorkas for the disaster at the border. And, and whenever people say this, like, yeah, I, I, talk, I interview congressmen all the time. They say, we got to impeach Mayorkas. Why do you have to impeach Mayorkas? Oh, because the border is a disaster and because he's not doing anything to keep it secure. And we've got crime and we've got fentanyl and we've got people undermining our uh, immigration laws flooding across the border. And it's untenable and he's a disaster and he's got to go. And I, and, and I have one simple question. Isn't he just carrying out the policy of the president of the United States. If if those are all the reasons why you impeach Mayorkas as Secretary of Homeland Security, then explain to me the reason you don't impeach the man who hired him and empowered him and charged him to do exactly what you're impeaching him for. If you want to impeach Mayorkas for the border disaster, then what's your argument against impeaching Joe Biden for the exact same thing? And so there we go. So now, is that the solution? Is it, all right, fine. We wanted a majority in the Congress. We've got it. Impeach. Let the impeachments begin. Is that the solution? 877 Or is the solution to just flood the zone now for the next election? I got to tell you, after what we saw last night in Wisconsin and the loss of the conservative Republican majority that's been in the state Supreme Court there for a couple of decades, thanks to the efforts of Republicans who built up that state's party, like uh, Governor Scott Walker. Uh, I'm not so sure we have the political infrastructure within the Republican Party on a national level and at a local level to actually do that. Yes, the founders gave us the ability on a regular basis every two years at the federal level to do a reset to hold our elected officials accountable every two years in the House, every four years in the White House. And, well, at the time they crafted the Constitution, they never expected us to directly 
elect our senators every six years, but that's where we are now. So we do have the ability at any given time to do that, or is it too far gone now? Because of gerrymandering, because of entrenched political class domination, because of the bastardization of what was once the the election voting p- process, the envy of the entire world, and now the rest of the world is laughing at us because we take four weeks to figure out who just won the election. Is it gone so far now that we can't do that, that we, don't, we can't empower ourselves with our vote to make that change? But is that, is that where we are? Is the only way we can solve this by just flooding the zone and being a thousand percent politically active? Forget your hobbies. Forget watching sports on television. Forget your season tickets. Forget your hobbies. Every waking spare moment of your life has to be faced with one challenge and one challenge. What did I do today to change the game and move the ball down the field for the next election in my school board, in my city council, for the mayor, for the county supervisors, for the state legislature, for the governor, for the House, for the Senate, for the presidency? If I didn't spend some time today to move that ball, whether registering somebody, whether knocking on a door, whether getting the word out, about the election and about how our country needs saving this time around or it's lost forever. If I didn't do that, then I haven't, then I'm part of the problem. Is, is that where we are now, where each and every patriot in this country who sees exactly where we're going must devote every waking hour to that goal? And if we can't get it done then, after that kind of effort, well, then yes. Yes, now, now we're lost. Is that, is that what we have to do? Is that even possible? 877 381 3811 or or do you like that I'm giving you lots of choices or is it time finally to get serious about what Mark Levin has been talking about for many many years now the convention of the states the article 5 convention because you see all of those things that I just laid out for you all of those tools that we have at our disposal Nah, getting a local grand jury to do ju- to them just what they did to us. Getting the House to impeach those people because they deserve to be impeached. Flooding the zone for the next election. All of those things and the challenges that are met by walking down that path of, okay, how do we really do this? Every roadblock that you can envision right now could be solved with an Article 5 convention. The Convention of the States, where we, the people, actually use the constitutional provisions that our founders, in their wisdom, laid down for us that have never been used, going on close to 250 years as a constitutional republic, and this one provision has never been employed. The ripcord, the emergency brake, the break glass in case of fire article. The Convention of the States. Have we reached that? Has Alvin Bragg finally coalesced the conservatives in this country around this one idea? That they have lost the trust of the American electorate? The citizenship must take control of this through our states, through an Article 5 convention, reconvene, and fix what is broken. And, And by the way, I won't even say... That it's broken, I will say it was hijacked and has been reinterpreted and realigned this Constitution against we the people and on behalf 
of the permanent state. And the only way to fix it is to reassert our dominance over this entire process, over this entire government, over this nation. Our dominance. There's a reason why the first three words of our founding document is we the people. It's ours. We don't feel like it is anymore, do we? We the people are being ignored are being mocked, are being met with disdain, derision, and threat of prosecution because we try to assert that dominance and look how we're greeted. Is the only solution now, finally, that Article 5 convention that I first learned about, not from a high school civics class, not from extensive reading, I first learned about it probably the same way you first learned about it, by listening to this program several years ago. 6 to 9 Eastern on your favorite talk radio station. Is it time for Mark Levin's call for a state, a a constitutional convention of the states, to finally fix these problems? And can this be the galvanizing moment? 877-381-3811. There's lots of options out there, and maybe you've got your own. Like I said, I'm in the business of trying to figure out not just what's wrong and why it's wrong and what happened, but then hopefully building momentum and consensus of patriotic, American-loving individuals to figure out what we can do to fix it. Because despite what you may have heard on cable news last night, and I mean across the board on every cable news station, sadly, Despite what you may have heard, it is still worth fighting for. It is not all lost. But we got to be smart, and we got to work together, and we got to be laser focused on a real solution. So, first step what is that solution? I'm going to spend the next several hours laying out exactly what went wrong yesterday, why it's so wrong, maybe give you some tools and some arguments that you can use with your liberal brother-in-law or the neighbor down the street that you fight with all the time on the sideline of your kid's soccer game, and God knows the back and forth in the comments section on your Facebook page, you should be able to argue these points pretty easily, but maybe I'll help you out with a couple of talking points so you can properly articulate exactly the disaster that Manhattan handed to our nation yesterday. We'll have that conversation, but that conversation works two ways. I'll lay out what's wrong. I'm hoping you'll help me figure out what the solution is. 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. Are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, Tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. 
Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I'm Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. And as promised, I've got some analysis and hopefully I can contextualize this uh, bastardization of the legal system that we saw come down in Manhattan yesterday. Again, a a Democrat district attorney in a Democrat-dominated city, in a Democrat-dominated state, got a Democrat grand jury to deliver indictments against a former president, first time in history, and the leading candidate for president in the next presidential election, first time in American history. First time ever. First time. You kept hearing that across the board yesterday in all of the all of the TV news shows that were talking about it. First time ever, first time. Unbelievable. This is unprecedented, unprecedented. You know, I don't know, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, but if you're a prosecutor, and for the first time in American history, you're delivering an indictment like this, a criminal indictment, against a former president and against a current presidential candidate, the leading candidate for president, who's leading in the polls, in fact, against Joe Biden, a year out from the election. If, if you're going to do that, Maybe you should have, I don't know, a pretty rock-solid case. Maybe it should be so rock-solid that there's not even any doubt at this stage, let alone once you go to trial. Maybe you should have, I don't know, not even a smoking gun. How about, how about a video of the man shooting the gun? In fact, maybe it should be so rock-solid that you don't even have to stand up and give a press conference explaining to the American people what the actual crime is which Alvin Bragg attempted to do yesterday, and even on CNN, you had people scratching their heads saying, I, I, I'm not so sure what he just said. If you have to explain what the crime is, let alone whether you have evidence to prove that the crime was broken by the individual that you've just indicted, maybe, and again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe you shouldn't bring those indictments if, it, if it's that thin. If it's that much of a stretch, but that's what you did. You made history, and we're going to break it down in detail next. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The voice of sanity in an insane world. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin tonight at my Sharona. 
bringing out the Gen X playlist for me. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, 877-381-3811. I realize now in my zeal to dive right in in our first half hour that I neglected to actually introduce myself to you. Uh, Larry O'Connor, I am the uh, morning host on WMAL, the uh, biggest, uh, most popular, most powerful, most important talk radio station in the nation. I know you think your radio station is, but it's the uh, the dominant talk radio station in the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, that's kind of we win. I, I work the morning show there. The other claim to fame there is that uh, that means I'm Mark Levin's morning show. He wakes up to me and uh, make that of it what you will. I'm also a senior columnist at townhall.com alongside my colleagues, uh, Derek Hunter and Kurt Schlichter and uh, the whole crew there, Katie Pavlich, Guy Benson and the whole team at Town Hall. Uh, plus, I've got a nightly television show on Salem News Channel, 9 to 10 every night. Uh, go ahead and grab that. You can get it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Prime or something. I don't know. Wire Fire. Is it Fire? All the ways you stream television stations these days. That's a, uh, O'Connor tonight starting at 9 p.m. every night. Um, as I said, if you're a prosecutor and you're making history with the very first indictment ever, criminal indictment of a former president and a current presidential candidate, maybe, just maybe, it should be a pretty airtight case. Maybe forget about having to lay out a press conference where you explain the evidence you have to prove that the crime was committed. Maybe you don't have to you know, spend most of your press conference even explaining what the alleged crime is. And I know that all these armchair analysts, and, and I'll admit I'm one of them, they spend a whole lot of time saying, well, you know, the reason this is a felony, as uh, Mr. Bragg said, is because the, uh, the, the crime committed in uh in 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 getting this non-disclosure agreement and not properly recording the non-disclosure agreement is to cover up an underlying felony and uh and a lot of the armchair analysts then of course were challenged saying okay well maybe he should say what that underlying felony was and and, and they're missing the point by the way i mean i recognize and i respect the spirit behind that it's like well if the so-called cover-up was to cover up a another felony and that's what makes the cover-up the felony maybe you've got the cart before the horse maybe not only do you have to say what the underlying felony is but you actually have to prove and prosecute the underlying felony see it's not enough to just say in the indictment paper oh and by the way it was meant to cover up this other felony because guess what there's no such thing as another felony if the man hasn't actually been charged tried and convicted of that felony just because you say that there's another felony even if you detail what that felony is in the indictment if he hasn't been prosecuted for that felony then it's not really a felony because we're innocent until proven guilty in this country so i appreciate and respect everybody who's quarreling with the fact that he didn't even say what the underlying felony was even if he had said it it doesn't make it true how about this again I'm not a lawyer, obviously. But, you know, our founding fathers didn't create this system of justice in this country so that it could only be understood by people who have advanced degrees. In fact, in my experience in this nation, for the last several decades I've been alive and paying attention, the more advanced your college degree is, the stupider you are. And the less common sense you have. So, yeah, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I understand basic fairness, and I understand how our system of justice is supposed to work. Maybe 
if there was a so-called cover-up of an underlying felony, and that's why we saw these 34 indictments yesterday, well, maybe what you do is go through the hard work of identifying and charging the underlying felony first, proving that in court, convicting the man of that, and then you can come back and say, and oh, by the way, now that we've convicted him of this felony, the fact that he tried to cover it up as a secondary felony, let's go for that now. But they didn't, forget about bothering to do that. They didn't even tell us what the underlying felony was. All they said was, well, he was covering something up. All right, so let's, let's, let's explain what this indictment is in reality and what it isn't. What it isn't is what you heard it described as all across cable news yesterday and in the Washington Post and the New York Times. I, I wish, I wish I could have some kind of pay. A dollar would still make me pretty rich, but I'd go for 10 bucks these days because I'm living in Biden's screwed up economy and inflation is such that a dollar for every mention of hush money for a porn star is not going to get me as far as I'd like. So how about five or 10 bucks? What you heard yesterday was hush money for a porn star. Hush money for a porn star. He paid hush money to a porn star. If you ask any person in this country, if you ask any reporter in this country, if you ask any TV journalist who reads teleprompters for a living, what Donald Trump did wrong, during their explanation, they're going to use the term hush money for a porn star. This indictment is not about hush money for a porn star. In fact, Donald Trump did not pay hush money to a porn star. I know that's a revelation to you because that's what they want you to think. And that's why that's all you heard. That's why if you were in a bar or an airport and the news was on without the sound up, but it was just playing in the background as if it's become the sporting event or pro wrestling masquerade that it has really become. If you're just passing by a television without the volume up and you're just seeing the Trump story play out with just images, I'll bet you you saw pictures of a porn star, and that's the point. That's what they wanted. They got what they wanted. They wanted this narrative out there. Hush money to a porn star. Hush money to a porn star. All right, hush money to a porn star. Because who pays hush money? I'll tell you who pays hush money. People in the mafia pay hush money. You know who pays hush money? Guilty people pay hush money. People who need to cover up their crimes pay hush money. Yeah, you don't want to pay hush money. But who pays cash settlements out of court with a non-disclosure agreement? Well, I'll tell you who pays cash settlements out of court with a non-disclosure agreement. TV journalists do, and the networks they work for do. Every major corporation in this country, every big employer and even mid-size and small employer that hires a contractor to work for them or enters into a contractual agreement, labor agreement with ever, any employee outside your basic nine to five job, there's probably language in there with regard to proprietary information and non-disclosure agreements where the employee can't, you know, shoot his mouth off on social media or somewhere else or write a book or tra take trade secrets and go spew it to your competitor. It's a non-disclosure agreement. And in exchange for signing that non-disclosure agreement, you get a, maybe a, a cash 
settlement or a cash payment or maybe you get your salary for doing your job and that salary is a little higher than it normally would be because you've agreed to not disclose any internal communications memos emails or conversations that you've had while on the job that's a cash settlement for a non-disclosure agreement in an out-of-court agreement it's hush money President Trump had his lawyer execute an out-of-court settlement with a cash payment and a non-disclosure agreement. And his lawyer charged him for it. And Mr. Trump, before he was a public official, before he was an elected official, before he was a candidate, he agreed to that cash settlement. He signed that out-of-court settlement. He paid the money for the non-disclosure agreement that was charged through his lawyer. And on his business records, he called that payment to his lawyer that was billed by his lawyer a legal fee. Because his lawyer charged him and he paid him. He called it a legal fee. And by calling it a legal fee, he is now facing a criminal indictment. Now, was that broken down for you at all yesterday on CNN or MSNBC or any of the broadcast networks? I doubt it. I doubt it because it's a lot easier and sexier to say, hush money for a porn star, and then play B-roll of a surgically enhanced blonde. But I respect you more than that. I'm going to tell you exactly what it was. He put on his business records that he paid a legal fee because his lawyer charged him and he paid it. And what about 34 counts, Larry? 34 counts? Were there 34 porn stars? No, actually, he paid on an installment plan. He says, all right, fine, we'll pay you this money, but we're going to pay it over 12 months. Well, there's 12 counts right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, was that explained to you yesterday, too? No, it wasn't. No, it sure wasn't. So what have we blown apart here so far? Well, it was a cover-up for an underlying felony. Of course, they never told you what the felony was, let alone actually tried and convicted the man for the underlying felony. Doesn't matter. If he says it's an underlying felony, we're just going to take his word for it. And it wasn't hush money to a porn star. It was an out-of-court settlement with a cash payment for a non-disclosure agreement. And there are 34 times. Yeah, because he paid over time. So every time he made that payment and then recorded it, as a legal fee, there you go. That's how you get charged with a hundred and some odd years in prison looming over you. That's what it was. But they want everyone to say hush money for a porn star. Let me tell you something. If Donald Trump had hired through his lawyer a caterer to host a couple of events for people who might eventually be advisors to his campaign or maybe even donors to his campaign. And he wanted to sort of feel them out to see if uh, this would be a good idea for him to run for president. So he asked his lawyer to set up, you know, several get-togethers. And the lawyer hired a caterer. And then he charged the caterer back to Donald Trump, and Donald Trump called that a legal fee. Well, surely it's not a legal fee. It's a catering fee. But since the lawyer charged him for it, 
Someone in his accounting office just said, I pay this. Well, who's, 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 who are we supposed to pay? The lawyer. Oh, so that's a legal fee, right? Okay, yeah, it's a legal fee. Aha! That's not a legal fee. It's, it's for catering. And yet did it 34 times. Now, that, in principle, is exactly the same thing as the out-of-court settlement to this Buxomy Blonde. Okay, it was money that was spent through a lawyer. It was it was notated as a legal fee when it clearly wasn't. And it was for the purpose of helping his presidential campaign, the catering for these get togethers. Now, would that have been charged by this grand jury? No, it would not. No, it would not. And not because the crime is any different, because, of course, there is no crime. But in principle, it's not different at all. But it wouldn't get charged. And you know why? Because no one on cable news and no elected official and no former FBI director, James Comey, and no presidential spokesperson wants to stand up there and and no cable news host wants to stand up there in front of you and reveal in hushed tones that the president of the United States is facing a hundred and some odd years in prison for paying for a caterer. Because that doesn't sound tawdry and dirty, does it? It doesn't sound like something a guilty person does. It doesn't sound like a crime. Yeah, you betcha you paid for that caterer. Normal people don't do that. Now, see, there's nothing newsworthy about that. There's nothing political about that. There's nothing that's going to get ratings there. Paying for a caterer? We'll let that one slide. Well, what about this one, sir? Well, what was it? Well, it was a cash settlement to a adult film actress. What? You mean hush money for a porn star? Let's go with it. But, sir, the crime is exactly the same. The only difference is what the money was used for. In this case, instead of a caterer, it was an out-of-court settlement. I don't care. It's hush money for a porn star. I'm going to be famous. They're going to build a statue to be in Manhattan. And that's where we are. If President Trump had bought himself a new suit to make him look good on that day he came down the escalator and announced that he was running for president, the money for that suit that he was wearing that day on television was specifically money to make him look good to the American people as he launched his campaign. And I dare say he probably would have spent his own money on that and not campaign funds since there were no campaign funds yet for him to spend. And God forbid Michael Cohen, his lawyer, goes out to Brooks Brothers and buys the suit for him and then charges him back. Because that suit, designed for the sole purpose of making him look good for his presidential campaign, was then charged back as a legal fee. That's no different than buying the caterer. It's no different than the out-of-court settlement that they're calling hush money to a porn star. With that suit that he wore now be subject to an unprecedented constitutional crisis? Of course not. But you've got your hush money for a porn star narrative out there now. And boy, oh boy, do your friends in the media lap it up. And I mean every cable station, sadly. They're all guilty. They're all saying it. Hush money to a porn star. Hush money to a porn star. At the same time, they're sitting on contracts. Those news anchors who kept saying hush money for a porn star all day and running the B-roll, 
Those exact same news anchors, if you look in their contract, they've got a non-disclosure clause, and they probably got a cash settlement for it. Oh, heck, forget that. Congress has their own slush fund of hush money. We'll get to that in just a moment. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin here. And boy, that hour went fast. But let me just say something real fast, though, because I, I realize I, I threw out a couple of analogies there. Uh, just so you can sort of wrap your head around it. Again, hopefully you can use these arguments yourself. You know, the whole idea about, you know, hiring a caterer and it going through as legal fees. Same legal principle, but they'd never bring that charge. Uh, you know, buying a new suit, right? That kind of thing. Uh, let me add one other one off the top of my head. Another analogy here. Let's say, let's say you're running for president and uh, you decide to hire your lawyer to uh, get some opposition research on your candidate. And uh, you give them, you know, uh, seven figures, a million bucks or something, a couple million. And uh, that lawyer then hires a retired MI6 agent from England to go and uh, skulk around and find some Russian oligarchs and some other, you know, people affiliated with Moscow and Vladimir Putin, you know, sworn enemies of our nation, uh, to uh, to say a bunch of lies about your political candidate. And, and, and that MI6 agent then uh, puts all those lies into a nice, tidy little, tidy little packet of documents. And, and you give it a fancy name. You call it, you know, a dossier or something, right? And uh, and then you put that dossier out there and to slime your opponent, and the media runs with it, and they say that your opponent is a is a stool of the Russian government or something like that. And then you say that's a legal fee. Yeah, that would be criminal. That now you're talking. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin today, as Mark is with his family observing the great Passover celebration. And uh, my heart and uh, prayers are with him and his family as uh, I need Mark Levin to continue doing exactly what he's doing for the rest of eternity. 
And so if, if taken one night off to get square with the Lord on this holy night, then so be it. I miss him dearly, though, because I need that Mark Levin every night, just like you do. Uh, that said, very proud and honored to be sitting in for him. By way of introduction, I am the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C., a legendary dominant talk radio station in that town and certainly in this country. Uh, so proud to be a part of that team for over a decade now. I'm also a senior columnist at townhall.com, and I have a nightly television show O'Connor tonight on Salem News Channel, Salem News Channel, streaming news channel uh, with my colleagues uh, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk, Dinesh D'Souza, Sebastian Gorka, Mike Gallagher, and the whole crew there. So check that out. Uh, we're talking, of course, about the indictments of President Trump yesterday, and, and I'm laying out as much as I can to terms of contextualizing what this is, how atrocious it is, uh, how dangerous it is. Uh, partly so that if you didn't already wrap your brain around it, you've got it and it's locked into your DNA. So when you have to engage in conversations with your children, with your liberal brother-in-law, with the morons on your Facebook page, you can actually quickly cut to the chase. Uh, but more importantly, you know, I, I try to go about my job every day without uh, getting people so fired up that they want to, you know, flip a car over and set it on fire. That's not my style. Uh, I want to point out what's going on. I want to talk about why it's happening. And then I, I always want to have some kind of solution. I want to have some some glimmer of light, even if it's just a glimmer. And I got to tell you, after days like yesterday, it, the glimmer is harder to see sometimes. But if we stop looking for that glimmer of light, I, I, I fear for what comes next. And so I laid out a lot of different options here as to what, what, what needs to happen now. Do we need to have a DA in a Republican-led city with a Republican grand jury come up with indictments against uh, Pelosi and a Clint Hillary and Comey and, and Biden and the whole freaking Biden family, for that matter? Is that what we need? Do we need the House to start the impeachment proceedings across the board now for this corrupt and illegitimate administration? Uh, do we need to flood the zone? Politically, so that you, not a day goes by in your life where you didn't stop and carve out time instead of uh, instead of playing Wordle, instead of uh, watching sports on television. Uh, but but in, instead of, you know, uh, looking at your Build-A-Bear collection, that you instead spent the time that you would normally do on that hobby to actually save our country by being engaged in getting a new person to register and vote for the only party that can save us right now. Is that what needs to be done? Or is it time for an Article 5 convention? Because all of the other means at our disposal have been so corrupted beyond recognition that it's time for the reset that the founders put in the Constitution for us to utilize the Convention of States. Is that what time it is? I, I, I know it's time for something. And I'd love to hear your input at 877-381-3811. You're going to help me with that glimmer. Just a little bit tonight at 877-381-3811. I also want to say this because I, I watched the president's remarks from Mar-a-Lago yesterday, and he was absolutely righteously indignant and angry, and I don't blame him. I mean, I saw a lot of analysis. Of, wow, we didn't see the boisterous joke-making Trump like we normally do. What, what joke do you want him to make after what we just saw yesterday? Would you be boisterous, pal? I also saw people say, well, he looked pretty low energy. He looked pretty tired. Dude just had to fly up to New York, spend the night overnight, wake up, go get arraigned on a complete and total bogus charge. 
then get back on and fight the mobs, fight the crowds, fight hostility, get onto a plane, fly back down, and then deliver a speech in front of every eye in the world. I mean, it broke the internet. If you were watching this on a, on a, on a streaming device, as most people do now, you you had a pretty lousy connection probably. Because I, I think net neutrality was put to the limit last night. As every streaming device in this nation who cares about news and politics and the future of our constitutional republic was draining every broadband micro bit from West Palm Beach, Florida. And he was the man in the center of it with all of those eyes on him worldwide. And forgive me. If he's not riding a unicycle and juggling for you, of course he was put upon. Of course he may have been tired. And, and by the way, do you see the disaster we've got sitting in the Oval Office right now? And you dare say that Trump's lacking a little energy? But there's one other thing that I saw. In the analysis last night, and again, again, sadly, a lot of my criticism tonight is for people who are normally, you know, 100% people I agree with, people who are, you know, quote unquote, on our side. But sometimes they're just a little too smart for their own good. And sometimes they just they know exactly what they know, and they know it so much better than everybody else that they sort of lose sight of the big picture. I'm talking about some of these legal analysts. What does Mark and Mark call some of them? Uh, legal analysts, which I always find um, amusing because I have the humor of a 12-year-old boy. Uh, these legal analysts, and again, some of them who are, are good, solid, conservative legal analysts, lawyers, people who have been there, people who are former U.S. attorneys or prosecutors or formal defense attorneys, but really good lawyers. And again, they know the law. I get it. And I'm sure you heard this. I'm sure you heard this either before the speech or after this. Before the speech, it was, well, I, I just sure hope that Trump listens to his legal advisors and he doesn't go on a personal attack against the district attorney or the judge in this case. I just sure hope he doesn't do that. Or afterwards, you know, they'll play the little bit where he did, in fact, do that. And he didn't even go after them. He just spoke the truth about how politically corrupt this process is, including the individuals who are running this process. A judge should have thrown this out, this indictment out, the second it was delivered to his chambers. But he didn't. Why? Well, that's worth asking, isn't it? And when you find out that he has family members who were literally on the payroll of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that's not noteworthy? Really? I find it rather noteworthy. When Jeff Sessions was browbeaten into recusing himself from the Russian collusion junk because he happened to campaign and endorse Donald Trump for president. So he has to recuse himself, but this judge doesn't when he's got family members literally enriching themselves. Ah. Gee, it's almost like there's two rules out there. And this DA, you can't criticize the DA. Listen, I recognize, I recognize the sound legal strategy of a defendant in a criminal case not publicly maligning the judge and the prosecutor okay i do i'm not stupid and i recognize that these very smart 
legal advisors and analysts that get paid way more than me to sit on cable news and give three minutes of analysis, I know that they're delivering really, really good advice. If you're ever facing criminal charges, you probably shouldn't publicly trash the judge and the prosecutor. And you heard that a lot last night. But this is what I mean by being so smart and knowing so much about what you know that you lose sight of the big picture for a second. So let me dare to deliver a little bit of the big picture here. Here's the big picture. This is still the United States of America. We still have a constitution. We still have a system of laws. We have a system of justice. We have a system where one is presumed innocent until proven guilty. So taking that as the foundational premise, ask yourself something. Why shouldn't an innocent man who is convinced of his innocence, who holds fast to the conviction of his innocence, why shouldn't that innocent man who has just been publicly charged and humiliated with a criminal indictment, why shouldn't he be able to criticize the prosecutor? Why shouldn't he be able to criticize the judge? Listen to me for a minute and put yourself in this place. You are an innocent man and you are you know you are an innocent man. And a judge has allowed this indictment, an unprecedented indictment, that most legal observers say at very best it's a stretch and it's tenuous. You didn't hear anyone yesterday say, oh, this is a slam dunk. Done deal. Oh, lock him up. It's done. Ah, oh, the jury won't even have to deliberate more than 10 minutes. You didn't hear anybody saying that yesterday. Why shouldn't you be able to question the validity of this judge's decisions? Now, now think it through for a minute. Now, now walk down this path for a second with me, because those brilliant legal analysts, even if they're conservative, they're going to say something. Are they going to say this? They're, this is what they're going to say. Well, if you just anger the judge, then it's not going to go well for you. The judge is going to make life really miserable for you. If you go after him personally, you attack him. He's going to be really hard on you. And that may very well be true. It may be 100% accurate. And I will say this. That tells you everything you need to know about what's wrong with this process and, dare I say, this system. Because guess what? I know this is extraordinarily controversial and maybe even extraordinarily naive. But an innocent man should be able to call a judge an SOB and not be punished for it. Because he's an innocent man! And if by calling that judge an SOB, it suddenly makes it harder for you and more likely that you're going into jail, that tells you that the system is corrupt. Because an honest judge, a judge who actually takes his job and the law and the Constitution and this country and morality seriously, an honest judge would let that roll off his back and say, yeah, you can call me whatever you want, but uh, you're not guilty. I, I hate you. I think you're awful. You're a terrible person. I'd like to punch you in the face, but you're innocent, and the law is the law, and I'm going to do my job as a judge. 
That's what a judge is supposed to do. And the fact that all of these legal, brilliant minds who have been part of this system for so many decades say, oh, the last thing you want to do is anger a judge. It means they're part of the problem. Because you should be able to anger a judge if you're an innocent man. And you shouldn't have to feel any repercussions because of it, because you're an innocent man. And if a judge is going to be harder on you because you called him a name, then that judge is a corrupt jerk. And he shouldn't be on the bench. He shouldn't be wearing a black robe. And that's the point. That's the point. And that's the problem. 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor. In for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, and I just want to be clear here. I am not giving anyone legal advice. <laughs> and I don't want you trashing a lawyer or a prosecutor and then coming back. Hey, Larry said it was fine. Larry said I should have. Larry said it was my right. Yeah, trust me. If you're taking medical or legal advice from me, you're going to die or end up in jail. Okay? I'm a radio host. Stop. But the principle is true. The principle is true. Anyone in this country has the right to publicly mock a judge, especially if they're an innocent man. And if mocking a judge actually means it's it's going the judge is going to be harder on you, then he's not really a good judge, is he? That's the whole point. And it was frustrating me to no end that these legal analysts were saying, yeah, this indictment is crap, and, and tr- Trump is innocent, and they should have never brought this, and he's a victim in all of this, but boy, he better not criticize the prosecutor or the judge. That would be bad. What? That's all the reason why he should. If we still have a sound legal system in this country, and maybe that, well, maybe that statement answers itself. All right, listen, that's been, I, I've had so much to say, and I really do want you to be a part of this at 877-381-3811. So let's start. How about John on the mighty WABC, the voice of the Big Apple? John, thanks for calling in. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Hello. Hello, this is John. Hi, Larry. Hi, John. Yes, you're right on, but there is a right way of telling the judge or prosecutor off. And the right way is to use the Constitution. Tell the judge respectfully, Your Honor, I am an American citizen, 
and I'm going to use my right under the Constitution of freedom of speech to say something that you might not like and then go on and tell him what you want to say. He cannot punish you for that. You're enacting your rights under the Constitution, under the First Amendment. And then, of course, you don't want to say you're SOB, son of a B, and you're <laughs> yeah, well, and all that. I was speaking rhetorically, John. It was a rhetorical flourish. I'm a talk show host. Give me right. No, I understand the point you're making. You're right. Listen, everything that we do should be done the right way. And with the Constitution in mind, John, and I appreciate the call from New Jersey, the point is, if a judge is a good judge, you shouldn't have to go through this whole preamble of saying, hey, just so you know, judge, I'm exercising my First Amendment rights, because the judge should kind of know that. It should be in the DNA. How about uh, Palabo and Beverly Hills on the mighty KRLA? Love KRLA. Uh, hey, Palabo, you're next. Oh, we got Palabo? Um, listen, the purpose of this deliberately vague and ambiguous indictment is to keep Trump degraded and bogged down in the minds of low-information voters because it'll only be dismissed after the election. That's the whole point of why it's so ambiguous. There's going to be a lot of legal wrangling that'll, that they'll milk and take time. So I think really what Trump really needs to do is downgrade it, even laugh at these fools, let his lawyers try and expedite the case, and let the people know that like Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, Didi Netanyahu, who were all indicted, he elected and governed despite... This petty attempt at lawfare from scared, desperate political rivals. Any other further indictment has got to be not even dignified with another parade like this. All right. Well said, Palabo. You must be really popular there at Beverly Hills. I love it. All right. Let's uh, keep this conversation going. 877-381-3811. Your turn. What's the solution? I've given you a couple of options. Let's hear yours. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, who is off observing a Passover and a happy Passover to all those observing tonight and uh, and happy holy week to all those uh, christians with uh, holy thursday tomorrow and good friday and easter celebration i love it when all the the holy days uh, coalesce like it does this week doesn't always happen because of the lunar calendar and the gregorian calendar but when it does it's a beautiful thing mark of course will be back tomorrow and i'll be listening alongside you i'd love to hear from you at 888 877 
Almost gave the WMAL phone number. 877-381-3811. How about Lynn in South Texas, where Kamala Harris never visits? Lynn, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. Hello? Hey, Lynn. Yeah. Hello. Hey, I want to jump in and agree with you absolutely when you were talking about is it time for a con- – if- is it time for a state's convention? You yes. Bet. I have a feeling you wanted somebody to step in and agree with you, and I want to step in there and jump in with both both feet. Well, I appreciate yeah. it, brother. I'm fine with people disagreeing, too, but it's great to hear. Yeah, it, this is the time. Mark's been talking about the convention of states because our system is so far gone and so, and so in the, 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 the corruption of the permanent political class in Washington, D.C. is so bastardized what our original founders wanted out of this nation. And, and they, they instituted this Article 5 convention provision assuming that we would actually take advantage of it over these decades and two and a half centuries and we haven't and it's gone so far lynn that in some cases i think it's the only solution to really sort of right this ship and get we the people back in charge situation is alarming i think we've been calling these people bumbling idiots and bad managers and i don't believe that i believe they're doing what they're doing on purpose I mean, when somebody does one thing or two things wrong, you could say you could forgive them. And this was pointed out in the beginning of Biden. You know that? There, yeah. were, there was someone on a show just like this that pointed out that when somebody does something three times wrong and it's destructive and it hurts you, these people are about destruction. Yeah. They are demonic. They want to destroy America. They when, are demonic. Uh- and what 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 this implies innocence, but it's not by any means innocence at all. They are guilty and they're demonic. Lynn, thank you. And and here's what I'll say because I think it is. It, I think it's both and. Uh, it, in, in having worked in Washington D.C. for over ten years now, I can tell you that when when people say, "Oh, these these are bumbling incompetent fools," there are plenty of bumbling incompetent fools in this town. I assure you. And and by the way, I'll go so far as to say the bumbling incompetent fools, sadly, for the most part, will be the Republicans. All right. But when you say that there that, that there are those in this nation and those that are operating the levers of power in this federal government who are purposely trying to destroy the very fabric and foundation of our country because they despise it, because they loathe it, because they think that our country was actually born of sin rather than the the righteous beauty that was promised from our founders in our documents. You would be 100% accurate, and you don't have to take my word for it or Lynn in South Texas's word for it. And Lynn, thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you tonight. No, you know whose word you need to take for it? Take their words for it. When they tell you exactly what they think of this country and what they think of you and what they think of our founding and what they think of our founding documents, when they tell you what they think of our system and what they intend to do with it, why in hell don't you believe them? I'm sure people are listening to Lynn in Texas saying, oh, that's outrageous to say that there are elected officials here from a different party who are trying to destroy the country. No, they just have a different approach. No, no, no. They tell you they want to destroy it. They've said it themselves. From the president to the vice president to the Democrats in the House to the Democrats in the Senate. 
each of them, when they take their office, put their hand on their Bible, although that's a questionable act for most of them, they raise their right hand and they say they swear to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. And then what's the first thing they do? They say that we have to do away with the Electoral College. They say that they're done with two senators per state representation, that they, they want to do away with any filibuster rules in the Senate that allows for the minority to have any sort of voice or ability to shape the discussion or put the brakes on some radical legislation. They say they want to stack the Supreme Court. They want term limits on the Supreme Court. They want to remake the judiciary because it's become too Trumpy and to MAGA fascists within seconds of saying they're going to protect and defend the Constitution, they propose bill after bill after bill after bill that would throw the Constitution into a shredder. All of those things that have made this country endure is the only standing constitutional republic that uses a democratic process to elect our representatives for over 200 years we've been able to survive because of all of those provisions in our constitution because of the electoral college because of two senators per state because of the balance of powers because of the the separation of powers in a robust independent judiciary that isn't controlled and manipulated by the House of Representatives, that doesn't have term limits on the Supreme Court, that doesn't have a stacked deck, where you, where you decide, oh, well, we don't like the shape of the court now. We liked it fine for 60, 70 years when our guys had the majority, but now that your guys have the majority, well, we'll just add four more seats. No, the reason we've endured is because of all of those things that they want to get rid of. Don't kid yourself. Lynn in Tex South Texas is not a radical. Lynn in South Texas knows what time it is. Lynn in South Texas is paying attention because he's actually listening to exactly what these people say they intend to do and why they want to do it. Let's not forget that. They reveal that to you, too. How many times have you heard that we have systemic racism in our judiciary, that our country was born in slavery, that the Constitution doesn't actually represent everyone in this country because it's really just about rich white people and landowners how many times do you hear that from them how many times do you hear the contempt they have for this country all of the things that you hold dear and love about this country including those who sacrifice themselves and put their lives on the line either in law enforcement or in the military and they loathe them not just through their policies, but through their actual words. They tell you exactly what they're doing. Why don't you pay attention? I'm glad Lynn in South Texas is paying attention. Thank you for that call. Uh, how about Michael in uh, Palm Springs on KNWQ? Oh, boy, I love Palm Springs. Hey, Michael, you, you got your little island. You got your little oasis in California. It's funny. My, my wife, Meredith, is from Oklahoma. It was enough for her to move to Washington, which was not really a pleasant thing for her. But, you know, I said, well, we should move to California. I'm originally, I lived in California most of my life. Palm Springs is the only place she would consider, Michael, because she, she recognizes what you got going on there. Thanks for I'm, calling it. I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of here. I want to go to Tennessee. <laughs> I, 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 I don't blame you for that either. <laughs> okay. So I listened to your uh, monologue uh, at the beginning of your program, I think it was, or maybe it was later. I don't know because I was in the car and I had made several stops. But anyway, 
what I heard, the part that I heard was about the languaging that was used that got Trump in all the trouble. Uh, you used the 30, uh, 30, what, 35, 36. Uh, yeah, they say it's 34 uh, felony indictments for, and, and what it's what the real uh, charge is here, Michael, real fast, and I will let you finish your thought, is that he so-called falsified a business record because he called it a legal fee, even though his lawyer billed him and he paid his lawyer. So I'm sure the accountant said, oh, this must be a legal fee. The reason that there's 34 of them is because there were multiple payments done over time. So let's say he made an out of court settlement for $500,000, but he agreed to make ten fifty thousand $50,000 payments. Well, that would be 10 felony indictments right there. That's, that's how they came up with this number. Okay. Well, the question I have is I understand that there is a precise languaging, semantic precision in these uh, cases, and it, it was not used apparently. But there's a, I heard somewhere a long time ago that where there is no recourse, there is no justice. And I, I don't know if that's a legal term or if it's something that somebody made up, but it sounds valid to me where there is no re, uh, where there is no uh, uh, what did I just say? I'm nervous. No recourse, uh, no justice. No yeah. No, I, I think I think that. Listen, I. I I hope I'm assuming that uh, Donald Trump has some great lawyers working for him. He hasn't always had great lawyers. Let's not forget the lawyer in question who sort of started all of this is Michael Cohen. Who, who is a known liar and a known perjurer. And, and Alvin Bragg seems to think he's the most tr- trustworthy guy in the world now because he's told him what he needed to hear so he could get these indictments. But let's not forget, you know, part of the problem here is that Donald Trump hired Michael Cohen in the first place and trusted this guy. And clearly he's um, not extremely trustworthy. I mean, say what you will about Donald Trump. And I, I, I when he does something good, I tell, tell you he does something good. When he doesn't, i got to be honest and tell you he's not the best he doesn't hire the best people all the time. I think that's fair to say. For crying out loud, he brought Omarosa into the White House. Okay, can we just, you know? Um, but, 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 but yes, I'm hoping that he's got a lot of great legal minds advising him right now. And, and what you laid out there is it's part of it. Because if he didn't do this out of his private funds and use campaign funds, they would bring an indictment. If he did it out of his private funds as he did... And and handled this through his lawyer, they'll bring an indictment. In other words, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You have no choice. Either way, we're going to indict you. Yes, that is a legal trap, and it's not how our criminal code is supposed to work. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things that that should rise to the level of immediate dismissal, and hopefully that's in play right now. Michael, thank you for the call from Palm Springs. I appreciate it. I do. I want to get I want to get as many calls as I want because I've been asking you to call. And then for about an hour and a half, I didn't take your call. And I feel bad. Pittsburgh. Tony in Pittsburgh. In the Berg. Come on in here, Tony. You're on the Mark Levin Show. How you doing, Jerry? Larry. But I'm good. Jerry's fine, too, by the way. Jerry's a good friend. I'm sorry. My bad. That's all right. Um, I'm just you know what? I, I think the big I, I think the big solution is um, accountability. OK, so we go back and look. And I mean, we look and see what's going on with Trump right now. In my opinion, it's a dumpster fire that is a diversion that is going on within the country. I mean, have we heard anything about the January 6th issues with all the tapes that came up and verified what the Democrats are saying were false? You don't hear anything about that, do you? 
Well, I'll tell you, Tony, I'll be honest, there's a whole lot of things that you don't hear much about. I mean, in the three-week buildup to this indictment yesterday, you didn't hear anything from President Trump or any person at the Republican National Committee or a high-ranking Republican telling you about the critically important Supreme Court elections going on in Wisconsin. Some people say that the 2024 presidential election was just lost in Wisconsin with that Supreme Court election, and we've spent so much time focusing on these indictments that no one even talked about that until it was too late. So, Tony, you could go down, you could play this game all day long about all the things that we're not paying attention to you're right yeah so i mean where is the accountability that's the bottom line okay really i could talk to you all the crap that goes on where the mainstream media is pushing their agenda and focusing people who does who don't have internet or looking at the the mainstream media and over and over and over again saying this is the way it is, and yet when you do a little bit, a little bit diver, you know, go down a little bit deeper, you find out that that's really not really the case. That you're not really the, you know, hearing the whole story, and so. Yeah. That's my concern. I, I think the American public. It should be your concern, Tony. And listen, in terms of where's the accountability, that's it's one of the problems we've had for decades. And 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 ultimately, honestly, the real accountability is in our hands. And thank, thankfully, we still have some modicum of a First Amendment here. And you still have the ability to not only use your voice, as you just did, but also use your ears so you can hear great voices like Mark Levin every day. And ultimately, if we can actually apply pressure, I still believe that the system will work in our favor. But I'm losing hope. I am. And that's where you come in. 877-381-3811. What's the next step here and how do we solve this? I'm Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, We've got plenty more to discuss. In fact, we've got a breaking announcement this afternoon of a uh, candidate for president for the Democratic nomination for president. And uh, it it actually might move the needle a little. I'm going to tell you all about this surprise announcement that no one saw coming coming up in our next hour and more discussion of course of the uh well the fall of the republic if the likes of alvin bragg and his political party have their way and i'm asking from you as well at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one uh what's next here and what can we do kathleen in scranton 
Pennsylvania. Oh, the hometown of our president. Good old Scranton Joe. Hey, Kathleen, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. Well, thank you for taking my call, Larry. I, I'm saying yes, about the abuse of this process. It's abuse of process. You know, no one is above the law, but nobody should be a target of the law either. You know, acting under the color of law to deprive someone of their rights. And this is what's happening here. It's an abusive process. You know, how do you bring a motion to dismiss if you don't even know what the crime is? The essential elements alone aren't even put in this indictment. You know, the whole thing was incoherent to me. I found no legal theory in the whole thing. He, was, he wasn't even put on notice of what the crime is. This is an yeah. abusive process. It's all about the process. And that's everything. That's our rights. The process. Kathleen, you're very wise. You're, 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 you've got a lot more smarts than most legal analysts on CNN right now, and certainly more so than a district attorney from Manhattan. Thank you for that call from Scranton. And I, I want to actually pull on that thread a little bit and spin it into our next conversation coming up in the next hour. This idea of no one being above the law. You heard that a lot yesterday. No one's above the law. No one's above the law. And as Kathleen put it, yeah, well, no one should be the target of the law either. But, of course, in this case, Donald Trump isn't the target of the law. Target. Uh, he is the target of a craven political and media class in this country that permeates the institutions of our government. It infiltrates our news and journalism sectors, our pop culture, our film, our academia. He's the target of them. The law was the weapon used to punish him. But in a moment, we'll remind you who is, in fact, above the law. Keep it here. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin is uh, celebrating and honoring and enjoying, I should hope, the uh, great Passover feast of uh, this evening along with uh, all 
Jewish American Jews around the world, and uh, we send them our blessings, and we know that we are in peace with our brothers and sisters celebrating Passover tonight. Uh, he will be back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, and and by the way, of of course, uh, great peace and joy and love for all. Uh, Christians who are celebrating Holy Week with Holy Thursday tomorrow, Good Friday uh, on Friday, shockingly, and of course the great Easter weekend celebrations. I do. I love when all of the Judeo-Christian holy days merge like they do this year. They don't always. They don't always. Sometimes Passover is like weeks away from Easter, and it doesn't always sync up. But boy, is it sinking right now. Uh, so Mark, Mark is uh, with family, uh, enjoying his Passover and honoring uh, that great. Great Exodus biblical evening that was memorialized in that great film with Charlton Heston that we all watched the other night. <laughs> and uh, and he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I am the uh, morning host on WMAL, uh, the talk radio station in Washington, D.C. But really, it's it's America's morning show. I mean, please, you don't have to live in Washington to listen to any radio station these days. You got the apps. You got the Internet. WMAL is my home station. That's where Mark has been his entire career as well. Uh, he uh, handles the 6 to 9 slot, and I handle the 5 to 9 slot AM version. I think Mark might have the better end of that deal. Uh, but I'm thrilled to be uh, with you tonight on a very important night, actually, as we've had a full day to sort of digest the uh, atrocity that we witnessed yesterday in this country. And it, it's it's interesting because as I hope you know, if you've been with us for the entire first two hours of the program, that the way I'm talking about this issue and the way that we should all be talking about this issue and expressing our deep frustration, concern, if not outrage, over what we witnessed at the hands of the Democrats in New York yesterday, celebrated by the Democrats in the media and the Democrats in our government, the way we talk about it and the way we should talk about it is really divorced from the individual targeted here that being former president donald trump this really I, I, you know i'm on the verge of saying it's not about trump clearly it is about trump because they just hate him but it's really about who they are and what they're doing to our country and to our precious system that is held together with this understanding our system is held together with this level of trust Do you ever ask yourself you know when you see governments in european countries over the course of the last 250 years seeing such unrest seeing such turmoil you know leaders coming and going you know you, you, europe doesn't have a great track record even though they've been using the democratic process for about as long as we have why why don't they have stable governments why do they go through so much turmoil why did they allow fascism to rise? Why were they at war with each other? Why did they have tanks rolling across the borders? Why did they need us to come in and save their butts a couple of times? Even now, still, isn't they have relative peace, relative peace, at least in Western Europe, you still see these great, huge pendulum swings of their governments. Parliaments stuck together with these fragile coalitions of multiple parties that are usually at each other's throats, but they just get together enough to form a government so they can elect a prime minister and then they're at each other's throats the next day. And then you, you have one vote of no confidence. You have one election go a certain way and suddenly, you, you know, you go from a, a one type of system of government and philosophy to a radically different one. 
seemingly overnight. You look at the, look at Italy's parliament if you want. Look at the last thirty years of of Italy's economy and Italy's government. They're basket case. Do you ever wonder? Do you ever ask yourself why are we so stable? I mean, relatively speaking, I understand we've got a difference between the two parties. But up until recently, there have been some fundamentals that we all agree on that we that we do hold dear. Why why are we so stable? Why do we not see the kind of unrest? You know, people always point at January 6th, the insurrection of January 6th. The insurrection. Dude, what happened on January And I'm not trying to downplay it. January 6th sucked. I hated it. It was not good. It was also not an insurrection. It was also not a coup d'etat. It was also not the darkest day in American history. January 6th is like, you know, every other month in Paris. Have you seen what's going on in Paris right now? Why have we remained relatively stable? Partly because of what I just mentioned, that there, are, there have been historically up until very recently certain fundamental foundational beliefs that, yes, even Democrats agreed with about our nation and what she stands for and our system of justice and our Constitution. Now that, that's deteriorated, and that's why things seem so unstable right now. There's another thing. There has always been this, this trust. There has always been a certain level of faith that we, the people, have had in our system, in, in those that we allow to have limited governmental power over us. You see, that language I just employed is another reason why we're different, is because from our foundational documents, from, from the origins of this nation, we had a very different point of origin than other countries. We began with the premise that the government that we the people were forming out of nothing were, were put in place through we the people granting them permission We allowed these people through our gracious tolerance to form a federal government with very limited powers so that they can get the basics taken care of for us and then, then we can go ahead and lead our lives. And there has been this foundational faith that we the people have had in those that we deign to allow to be congressmen, senators, and presidents. And they, in turn, have for the most part respected that faith right back at us. They don't overstep, and we don't overthrow. <laughs> it's been a very fragile but functioning relationship. And it's in danger. That fundamental foundational faith, that symbiotic relationship between we the people and those that we allow to govern us. The, the balance of power has shifted. And, and at this point now, we, we don't feel like, many of us don't feel like, 
the systems that we once relied on as a rock-solid foundation truly are as 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 stable and meeting out justice in a fair and e- equitable way there are two major changes now in this country and by the way i, I think if you if you talk to somebody on the left they might even agree with this if you take a 40-year look at things in this country, there are two things now that both sides of the political spectrum would possibly agree on. And that is there are fundamental problems in our criminal justice system and the way the law is applied in an unjust, unfair, discriminatory way. Now, there are some that will say that it's solely based on race or class or economics or social stratus. That would be your friends on the left. And we, we on the right would probably agree that there are some fundamental foundational problems with our criminal justice system and the way it's being applied, but for different reasons. But we both agree on the fact that there seem to be two sets of rules out there. And depending on what side of the line you happen to be standing on, the law will be applied differently, very, very differently. The other thing that I think left and right would probably agree on, depending on when you ask them over the course of the last 30 or so years, is at the end of the day, after an election is done, win or lose, there was a time when both sides would walk away saying, well, we lost this one, but at least it was a fair fight. We don't do that anymore. And this is just not a phenomenon of Republicans over the last few years with the insanity of, 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 of no voter ID in certain states, uh, polluted voter rolls in certain states, mail-in ballots where there's no real chain of custody or no checking of signatures, ubiquitous uh, harvesting of ballots where nobody knows where these votes came from and there's no time to check them. Just count them. Just count them. That's all that matters. Count them. That's recent, but it makes us uneasy. It makes us feel unstable because we walk away thinking, well, did we really lose that election or did we get jobbed? But but it wasn't long ago when the left felt the same way in this country. It's not good when either side walks away from an election or walks away from a trial and they think, yeah, that wasn't fair. And I got on the short end of the stick here just because of who I am. And because of that instability, suddenly we're looking at everything in our nation through a different lens. And suddenly we're all, all of us, feeling very uneasy where we're headed. And, and we, we got to stop it. We got to stop this train from rolling down the tracks. Because with this Secretary of Transportation, it's going to derail. And it ain't going to be pretty. Which brings us to the big narrative of the night last night, and all day today, if you were paying attention, even those legal analysts and Democrat observers and journalists and TV hosts and reporters and teleprompter readers who acknowledged 
that there were serious flaws in this criminal indictment against a former president and now the leading candidate for president in this nation. Even when they admitted there were flaws, they would always follow up with saying, oh, that's, but of course nobody is above the law. Nobody's above the law. <laughs> Nobody's above the law. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people who are above the law. And we'll name names coming up in a moment. I'm Larry O'Connor. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. As I started saying there, it's not about Donald Trump. It is, but it isn't. And you know it's not. You know it's not about Donald Trump. David Harsanyi at The Federalist, a very important column today. He's an important columnist. I like reading him. I usually agree with him, and I certainly do in this one. Plenty of people are above the law. James Clapper lied under oath to Congress about spying on the American people. He's above the law. John Brennan lied about a domestic spying operation on Senate staffers. He's above the law. And unlike Trump advisor Peter Navarro, Obama's Attorney General Eric Holder was never going to be handcuffed and thrown in prison for ignoring a congressional subpoena. He, of course, is above the law. Trump's 2016 opponent, Hillary Clinton, also pretty high above the law. Then Secretary of State set up a private server in her home to circumvent transparency surrounding her slush fund foundation. She sent 110 emails containing marked classified information. 36 of those emails contain secret information. Eight of the email chains contain top secret information. Every one of those instances was a potential felony punishable with up to 10 years in prison. We know this because we heard it from James Comey, then FBI director, who noted that Hillary had been extremely careless in conducting her business, but Comey didn't recommend charges because he claimed the state couldn't prove Clinton's intent. Even though gross negligence, not intent, was the only standard he needed, gross negligence and extreme carelessness are synonyms. Comey concocted a new standard to protect Clinton because she is above the law. It's a good article. It goes on and on and cites more examples. I would say James Comey also, by the way, is above the law. Andrew McCabe, his henchman there at the FBI, also above the law. The people who falsified a, a FISA warrant, Mr. Kleinsman, who worked for James Comey and Andrew McCabe, falsified a FISA warrant in front of a judge, lied to a court, a secret court, to obtain a warrant to spy on an innocent American citizen named Carter Page for the sole purpose of keeping a fraudulent investigation into the sitting president, Donald Trump, who they accused of being a Russian puppet. All of those people are above the law. And boy, all those things that I just laid out there and David Harsanyi laid out in his great column at The Federalist, they all sound a lot more serious then fudging an accounting line item, calling something a legal fee because you paid your lawyer to enter into an out-of-court settlement for a cash non-disclosure agreement, even if it is with a porn star. I, this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do with the lie that no one is above the law. You know it's a lie, and see, that's the problem. That's why the very fabric of this country, what stitched us together, is falling apart. 
because you know that people are above the law and you know why they're above the law because they're on the right side they're in the club and you're not and you know donald trump isn't and so you could be next And boy, that creates a very uneasy tension in this country. Very uneasy. So what to do about it? Well, let's talk about it. 877-381-3811. The options on the table are getting DAs of our own to start prosecuting these people. You, you want indictments? We'll show you indictments. We got our own Republican DAs. Let's go. Is that it? Is it impeachment time across the board? Is it a convention of states time? I've got my opinion. I want yours. Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Mark is uh, celebrating Passover, honoring Passover, enjoying Passover, participating in Passover tonight. And our best to him, his family, and to all of our Jewish friends worldwide as they honor this very holy night. And uh, and the best to all Christians celebrating uh, Good Friday and uh, Easter this weekend. Uh, it's a great week. And, and in that vein, uh, Larry O'Connor, in for Mark Levin. I'm the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C., Mark Levin's home station, when he is in the Washington area where he lives. And uh, it's great to be here with you tonight. And we're taking your calls. We will take your calls, 877-381-3811. I've laid out sort of why this is such a problem. Uh, this isn't about Donald Trump. I haven't really said much about Donald Trump at all tonight. It's not really about him. It's about the foundational basis of our nation. The covenant, the pact that we have between us and those that we deign to allow to govern us. And I'm reminded, and I use the term covenant advisedly, because as I said, tonight is Passover and this week is Easter. And uh, and I'm Catholic, but I'm married to a Baptist, which means I've actually gotten to know the Bible. <laughs> it's a joke. Catholics know the Bible, too. After all, we, we helped write it. And... Uh, uh, but I have been diving into Scripture quite a bit over the last couple of years, and even more so this year. And like many people, I've been uh, enjoying for the last three years in a row. I'm on my third year now uh, listening to the podcast of uh, Bible in a Year, the Bible in a Year podcast through Ascension Press with uh, Father Mike Schmitz. It's great. It's wonderful. And just this week, we were reading through Judges. And if I may, and I, I'm not trying to give you a religious lesson here. This isn't a religious show. But it's Holy Week, and I, one verse sticks out to me, and it sort of reflects a lesson that we could all learn right now, that you don't even have to believe in God to understand this lesson. Judges 17.6. In those days, Israel had no king. The people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. That's the New Living Translation, New International Version. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. King James Bible. In those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The New American Standard. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You get the picture. It doesn't matter what the translation is. The message is the same. 
In those days, there were no there was no king of Israel, so everyone pretty much just did what they were sure was the right thing to do. Now, if you know what happens in Judges 18 and 19 and later in the story, you know that it wasn't pretty. And it wasn't because they needed a king. As they learned, even when they got their king, it was an imperfect situation, shall we say. The lesson from Judges 17.6, in those days Israel had no king, all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. The lesson is, oh, well, they just need a king and everything will be fine. No, because that doesn't work out right all the time, does it? We know that. No, the problem was not that they didn't have a king. The problem was that the people did whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. No objective truth, no objective morality, no objective cooperative adherence to a singular understanding of right and wrong, of law. Even though they had literally been given the law direct from the primary lawmaker. It's an interesting reflection based on what we're seeing right now. I don't want this nation to end up as chaotic as, as the Hebrew nation at that time. We can do better. We know better. And, and one other thing before I take your calls. As I've thrown out a couple of different options, what needs to be next? And the first one, the most obvious one is, oh, okay, new rules? Fine. You've set new rules, Democrats. We're going to live by those rules. We're going to find us a Republican DA, a Republican city with a Republican grand jury, and you're going to see the best damn indictments you've ever seen against all of them. And I know the immediate word of, well, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, if it's wrong for the Democrats to do it, then it's wrong for us to do it. And we've got to stay on the moral high ground because then what? Eye for an eye just means there's a bunch of blind people walking around. No, we can't do that. Let me let me clarify so that you all understand exactly what we mean when we say that. Because sometimes even those of us who are professional communicators, we take for granted certain things that we assume you all get. So what we've seen in New York is a Democrat district attorney who ran promising that he was going to prosecute someone when he didn't even know what the crime was. He still doesn't know what the crime was. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter to the voters either. You elect me, I'm going to get Donald Trump. Really, what will the charge be? Ah, we'll work that out later. We'll work it out later. I just know he's a crook. I know he's bad. Everyone hates him. Orange man, bad. We'll get him. So he ran on that. He got elected, and now he's done it. He's resurrected something that was investigated by the Justice Department, by the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York, by Congress... When they were ready to impeach Trump over, you know, wearing the wrong color socks, Congress didn't act on this. And the prior district attorney in Manhattan investigated this and didn't act. But Alvin Bragg, he knows better than all of them. So he stacked his grand jury. He got his indictments. He announced it. He got his judge to not throw it out. And now we are where we are with a crime that isn't a crime. And it's a gross misuse of our system, using the law as a political weapon against an opponent. And everyone knows it. Everyone's citing the CNN poll that says the majority of the people approve of the indictment against Donald Trump. The same poll shows that the majority of the American people think this indictment is purely political. 
Now, that's disconcerting in and of itself that they know it's political, but they still approve of it. We got a lot of work to do. But everyone knows that this is political. Okay, so when we Republicans, when we say, okay, it's our turn, we're going we're gonna to start indicting, let me just be clear. Because I am not recommending that a Republican district attorney in a Republican city get a Republican grand jury to drum up some fake fraudulent indictment based on no actual crime or on something that's already been investigated and dismissed by multiple bodies of inquiry. No. No, I'm not suggesting that that Republican DA with a Republican electorate and a Republican grand jury do what Alvin Bragg did. I'm suggesting that that Republican DA actually investigate the actual crimes that we know have occurred. Because there are plenty of them. You don't have to drum up a fake crime. There are real crimes that have been given a pass. Because no one's above the law. So we're not saying tit for tat. Let's use the same weapon. It's an eye for an eye and everyone will be blind. No. We're saying, oh, okay, you're going to come up with fake charges. We're going to show you real charges. That's what needs to be done. It's time. It's time. 877-381-3811. How about uh, Rick in Wise, Virginia? I love that town. You've been waiting a long time, Rick. I want you to jump in here because you have expertise in this whole financial accounting issue, right? Actually, I do. First of all, I want to say I live in southwestern Detour, Virginia, So, uh, and I support Donald Trump, so I'm an official deplorable, and I'm cling to my gun and my Bible as we speak, so I just want to get that out of the way first, okay? Oh, you clinger. I can hear you clinging. You're white-knuckle clinging. I love it. (laughs) I am an accountant, and uh, I do have experience in this, and I've seen this I've done probably hundreds, if not thousands, of audits. And what President Trump is accused of happens every day. All it is is just reclassifying an expense. It does not affect the the bottom line income in any way. And that's where the problem with the law comes in when you're trying to manipulate net income for taxes or loans or whatever. And this is just a simple, minor thing that an accountant wouldn't even – bothered even putting the final report and i just can't understand right. why uh president trump's legal team doesn't just you know get a good account and say how is this affecting anybody in any way it's not and that's my point yeah no you're right rick and i appreciate it the the, the problem and i if you've got a fair judge and you've got a fair grand jury and you've got a fair district attorney everything that you said makes sense i I think that the real underlying problem here and why we're even discussing it at length is because that fairness is gone that fairness is gone and they don't care about the facts and reality and logic they care about hurting donald trump that's that's it rick and and listen i appreciate it tell wise virginia we said hi love that part of the country and the commonwealth uh, you know, and I got, I had a call. We were talking about this on the morning show uh, that I host on WMAL in DC. And uh, a caller called in and said, Listen, I know you're right, Larry. You're right about all this stuff. But yeah, with Donald Trump, geez, you know, it's, it's always something with this guy. It's just, aren't we just tired? Aren't we just, don't we just have to move on? And listen, I, again, my job's not to defend Donald Trump. And I sure hope you don't think I'm defending Donald Trump because I'm not paid nearly enough to defend Donald Trump. Dad, trust me, Donald Trump's got a much better budget 
than than than, than a media company does. And 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 defending him is a full time job. And if he wants to hire me for that, we can talk, I suppose. But I like my job as it is. But my job is not to defend him. My job is to give you context in terms of what's going on in our world and why it matters. And as I keep saying, it's not about Donald Trump, but it's hard to separate him from it. And I get it. Listen, this whole thing, this Trump fatigue thing, oh, there's always something with him. Wouldn't it be just if we could just move on? I know it's wrong and I know that they've jobbed him and I know that it hasn't been fair. But God, I'm just tired of fighting. And we got, we, got, we got plenty of other candidates. Let's just move on. OK, fine. Listen, if people want to vote for other candidates for whatever reason, that's fine. But don't kid yourself that this ends with Donald Trump. Do you know how many ethics violation investigations are already triggered right now against Ron DeSantis? I think it's three, if not four. Do, do you know, do, we have nominated the good guy before. We've nominated war heroes. We've nominated people who have not drank an, a drop of alcohol in their entire life. By the way, Donald Trump has also not drunk a drop of alcohol. But we've we've nominated devout religious people. We've nominated people who haven't been corrupted by the political system because they were successful businessmen. I'm just talking about the last three or four nominees. And every single one of them faced criminal scrutiny. Remember all of the criminal charges against Sarah Palin when she was governor of Alaska. And then as soon as she stepped down as governor. Everyone said, why did Sarah Palin resign as governor? And then immediately all of those criminal investigations disappeared, didn't they? When Rick Perry was the most popular governor in America, coming off his third term in Texas, ready to run for president, remember how he got arrested and indicted? Remember Rick Perry's mugshot? Whatever happened with that case? Huh? You ever hear what happened with that case? Don't fool yourself thinking, ah, oh, I'm just tired of this Trump thing. As soon as we get past Trump, then everything's fine. No. They're criminalizing being a conservative Republican. That's the crime. That's the crime. And it's not going away. Not anytime soon. 877-381-3811. Let's wrap things up with more of your calls, and there's plenty of them. Lines jammed. Uh, but you've got good solutions, and we're going to get to all of them next. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., it appears, is going to run for the Democrat nomination, the son of Robert F. Kennedy. Um, huh. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, who is celebrating Passover tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, that actually could... I, Mark Mauer, don't underestimate this, actually. That could actually be an interesting wrinkle for the Biden train. Robert F. And the irony here is if anybody uh, has followed Joe Biden and his unremarkable, very long career in American politics, he'll be the first to tell you that uh, when he decided to join public life in the late 60s, early 70s, he was inspired by 
the former attorney general and the presidential candidate who was assassinated, Robert F. Kennedy. He was inspired by the Kennedy brothers, and that's why he decided to be a Democrat. It should be also pointed out that he joined the party that was against the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act and the desegregation and all the Civil Rights Act. It took Republicans to get those passed. It was the it was the Democratic Party, of course, in their historic legacy of racism. It was that party that Joe Biden decided to join there. It made sense. The first several years as a senator, he was standing with those who were opposing busing and had a long legacy of segregation. I mean, that's why Kamala Harris called him a racist when she was in that debate against him for the nomination. But uh, but I digress. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is uh, apparently going to run for the nomination, and that could end up being interesting, actually. Don't, don't discount that. Uh, let's wrap up our conversation here, though, because I do want hope. I want a glimmer, and I want to know what to do next. And I propose that a DA needs to actually bring real charges of real crimes against Democrats, because those are the new rules now. Uh, and, and also, I suggest that a impeachment proceedings need to proceed. I also think an Article 5 convention of the states needs to happen. All those things. What do you want? Let's go to uh, Vaughn in Utah. Oh, Vaughn, Vaughn, I appreciate this. Vaughn in Utah wants to just correct something I said earlier. Not correct, but just shed some light on it. Go ahead, Vaughn. Well, you're talking about criticizing judges earlier in the show and how we've yeah. got so many people acting above the law across that, that, that in federal levels. We're talking about New York and that state. But I, I'm here to tell you, if we don't stop that type of behavior by judges and 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 state officials, we're never going to solve the problem at the federal level. I was in a civil court proceeding uh, a few years ago, several years, five years ago now, um, in front of Matt Bell, a district court judge in southern Utah. Well, we, we don't have time for the, the whole story, Vaughn. We're up again. But you just wanted to remind people, if you do criticize a judge, they could actually throw you in jail. Yeah. Right? After the hearing yeah. was adjourned, adjourned, I peacefully said, you're a disingenuous liar. And he he, he summarily found me guilty go. of contempt, of criminal contempt, and threw me in jail right there then and there. There you go, Vaughn. I, I hear you. And, and yes, and I'm not advising anybody should. I was merely shedding some light on the legal analysis that said Trump shouldn't criticize the judge because then he'll be really hard on him. And I just point out that, well, that's a flaw in the system if you can't criticize a judge. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, how about Nancy in New Jersey? Nancy, coming in here. Uh, what do you think tonight? No time for Nancy? All right. Appreciate it, Nancy. Appreciate all your calls. Oh, you're right. We're right up against it. Well, there you go. See, time flies. I'm ready to do another hour. Let's do three more hours. Screw it. I'll just do the rest of the day. Have a great Passover. Have a great Easter week. Mark is back tomorrow. Thanks for uh, letting me be a part of your night.